this is David. We're back with Mission Smart and today with our two friends that are English teaching. This is part two of what I guess we're going to be calling authenticity and community because those are the things that um, we think um, summarize a lot of what we love about this these dear friends. And so I think we were just starting to talk about how connecting with people and some of the things y'all learned about um, connecting. So we talked about already the authenticity of doing your job and letting that just be naturally who you are when you uh, leave here. Yeah. Then we talked about just finding believers in town. So I remembered a lot of questions. David, though, um, there was a question of accountability. Okay, so you didn't go with an organization. Did you ever encounter anyone going, but who, who you, you know, where's your accountability going to come? Yeah, I mean, we didn't get that question a whole lot because I think our mentors and our church and our Christian community, like they knew our lives and they knew that we like... What you'd already been yeah, doing. Yeah, we sought out uh, accountability and community before. And so um, the connections we had made of friends of friends who were in our new country, uh, we knew that that was going to be the Christian community. And I think our community back home knew that we would seek it out anyway. Okay. Yeah, and then once we became a part of the church in our country, uh, we had good encouragement there to get involved in like a small group, accountability group. And so that was cool even to see from within the church. I think y'all, y'all are, you're living out what we, what Vicky and I tried to explain even before we left is we want you to look at what we've been doing here. Um, that's all we're going to keep doing there. Yeah. Um, people say, where's your accountability? How do we know what you're doing over there? Um, we say, if you're not doing it over here, both living out missionally and doing this work, then we don't know what you're going to do over there. Well, the same is with accountability. Accountability is you willing to submit yourself to other people. It's right. up to you. Yeah. And so how do you deal with that when people say to you, oh, so y'all are independents? Uh, well, I just say <laughs> kind of what you said, like, well, I guess you could call us that, but we uh, need the church and we need believers. We need people. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't ask us that question, I think, because we seek out community. Uh, we try to keep in touch with people back home who are praying for us. Uh, we talk and with tell them. with them what you're doing. Yeah, we talk with them pretty regularly. And then when we come back to the States, like they're our friends anyway, like they're praying for us, but they're also our friends. So we always try to see them. Uh, it's not like for business or financial reasons, but just because we want to. So I think uh, they, by keeping in touch with us, like, you know, they know what we're doing. They know mm -hmm. our hearts. So. so people there where you've been living, they wouldn't ask you if they get to know you because they, they see your involvement with mm -hmm. the Christian community. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and in fact, like a lot of people in the church like that we go to, we've been there, you know, for a few years now. But if they're new, uh, they'll say like, oh, which organization are you guys with? And we're like, well, actually, we're not. And they're like, oh, or they'll ask, like, is this your first placement? And we'll say, well, yeah, I mean, this is our job. We're not with a, a group, but we're we consider the church like our our community or mm -hmm. our accountability. Mm -hmm. So that's Which is cool. really the way we live here in the States, don't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you're like, what do you do? I do my job. I, whether you're, you know, working at a school, working at a bank, or you're working at home with your family, no one thinks about this. So this idea of an 
intermediary organization. Um, we're not against them, and neither are y'all. Right, yeah. But um, sometimes it depends on the field and what you're attempting to do. But you touched on something in the last in part one that I wanted to come back to, you know, like when you talk to people that are with organizations and sometimes it seems you mentioned the word stress, mm-hmm. but what about, did you feel like the way they talked about ministry, did it seem a little awkward? We're going back to this word authentic. Yeah. Uh, we had a friend actually ask us, like, um, she was new and she said, how do you guys talk to people about Jesus? What, what kind of questions do you ask? What do you say? And, uh, I guess my answer was kind of like, well, we just have a normal, we try to keep everything natural. <laughs> we don't try to, you know, um, I think I told her, I, I asked people questions about their tattoos cause usually tattoos tell a story and, um, I don't know, but yeah, sometimes we get some questions like that. Talk about their lives. Yeah. yeah. What's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, you ask like about people in organizations that we've seen, like, is it sometimes awkward the way they talk about ministry? I think it is sometimes, but it depends on the organization and it also depends on the person. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we've seen some of our really good friends, you know, from our international church, they're with organizations, but they seem to like take a step back and see the whole picture and value like the body of Christ and people with organizations without, you know, just uh, learning from everyone. And uh, actually that's what we try to do. We sometimes joke that we're the group without a group uh, and we just try to learn from all the Mm -hmm. other groups Mm -hmm. and, you know, help each other. Sometimes when we're counseling people, they say things like, we're not allowed to do ministry until we reach a level of language or, you know, or maybe they put a date on it, like for the first year or the first two years. <laughs> I guess when you think about living out your faith authentically, you can't really. You can, the goal is to be authentic so that you never say, okay, now you can begin. Mm, <laughs> How right. would y'all talk about the idea of ministry and, and then what you would just call authentic relationships? Well, I mean, if we speak from a language learning standpoint, I always think that. Uh, I don't know if you if the listeners have heard about the um, uh, what do you call it the language filter what is that what it's uh, effective called? effective filter, effective filter. Yeah. like there's some language theories that basically say if you're stressed about learning you're not going to learn and so that's been kind of my theory um, and a lot of friends have encouraged us you know like we know you guys are re- working full time you don't have time for language school but just try to learn naturally and um, I guess I feel like that about ministry too. Uh, one friend described it. She was also independent, I guess you could say. And she's like, I love it that we have the freedom to just be Holy Spirit led. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we hang out with who God wants us to hang out, regardless, irregardless of um, language or, you know, ethnicity or people group. Yeah. Well, and then before we left our home country, we had mentors and friends here in organizations. And we were talking to them about how we got, you know, full-time secular jobs and how some people were saying that wasn't, like, doing ministry. And our friends who were in these organizations said, like, you shouldn't look at it like that. Like, that is your ministry. Like, being in the office with these coworkers, like, 9 to 5, being with, you know, your daily grind, like, people along the way. Like, those are people that 
that the full-time workers, full-time ministry people aren't going to have access to. There so it's like, you know, just seeing one of our mentors said, like, you should see everything is ministry. Like right. your time in the new country, your time back at home. like. And this, yeah. is, this is hitting on one of the points we've talked about. It's both in the book and we talk about it all the time is the separation of the secular and the spiritual. If you... If you're doing in in your mind, I'm only, I'm doing my work and my work is secular, okay, and then everything I do when I go there is secular. When am I going to do ministry? And that creates a real struggle of identity, and it also pre- puts pressure on you when you say, "Oh, I'm doing whatever, thirty hours of work or forty hours of work." Now every work is different. I think it's probably why y'all love getting into ESL because yeah. you're with people and you're in the mm-hmm. classroom, and there's such a way to integrate. Yeah. Relationships and ministry when I guess if you're doing web design, you know, and you're just sitting in a desk or you're in a cubicle or you're doing global trade, you're probably not going to be able to jump into just all kinds of personal topics in life when you're selling a product. Mm -hmm. So we know that not every job lends to that. But um, it sounds like, you know, the fact that y'all have integrated your whole lives, you don't think I'm doing something I'm going to go do ministry now, or I had a great ministry opportunity. It's just life. Yeah. How did that, I think that touches on something, the way y'all have been able to connect with so many different kinds of people. You know, how do do you think that's helped y'all not divide people up as, you know, this is a contact, a potential contact uh, to witness to, and then this person here is a friend, and then this person here is a coworker. I mean... Talk a little bit about that. I think that helps with how y'all develop such a great community. Yeah, well, I think it started, uh, you know, in our home country. We had international friends, and um, I think I was even guilty of that. Like, I'd, you know, have a friend, and I'd say, okay, sit down. Here's the gospel. You should become a Christian. And then one day, she did the same thing to me about Islam, and I just felt so, like, you should become a Muslim. Here's what we believe. And I just felt so, like, used and... um, we had other people encourage us, like, you know, don't do that. <laughs> so, yeah. don't be a, you yeah. don't want to be a project, yeah. yeah, and they don't want to feel like a project. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so I think, like, just putting myself in the other person's shoes, like, you know, like we mentioned, we had some bad experiences where we didn't do that, and then it was just really weird. It's awkward. That. Yeah. And so I think, like, you know, having our secular jobs, our secular grad program, uh, we saw... We're not using that word anymore, remember? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I'm joking. But um, our grad program, we saw all kinds of people with our believing bosses and our believing supervisors, and they we saw them, like, generally, like, love and value all people. Right. And just, you know, we we talked with them, you know, about... uh, how do you like share your faith? And, and they just said like, you know, people, we're just spending our lives with them. And it just, as we share our lives with them, we're sharing our faith with them because our faith is our life, you know? And yeah. And um, um, maybe our listeners have read the book or heard about it. There's a book called the gospel for Muslims. And uh, it pointed out that when we talk about faith or worldview, we're like talking about the very, foundation of people's lives so it's not like going to be a quick fix um it's going to take time um you know you can't just talk about religion yeah it's not compartmentalized Mm -hmm. hey can we talk about religion when it's really their whole lives right Mm -hmm. yeah and it's a foundation and it sounds like y'all have also been able to um 
you just seem to flow with relationships with people from any culture. So you, you obviously never decided, okay, we're here for X. Mm-hmm. Once again, if you treat it as a, as a job, then you know, okay, we need to go out and be with Turks right now yeah. or, or whoever we're talking about uh-huh. or Arabs or I'm living in Japan. I need to go be with these people. Um, so y'all are, you're much more, I guess, relaxed. Can you explain? Yeah, I think uh, I read some articles or I can't remember where I read it, but it was a quote that said like, um, Jesus is worthy of all cultures and all languages, praise from all languages. And I just thought like, you know, if like all things were created through him and he values all people, like I should value all people. And I mean, who knows, maybe like, you know, if you focus on one people group, while you're trying to do that, like maybe people from another people group will like exactly. notice you. And mm. so I think it's good just to like embrace everyone, you know. And Yeah, I had some friends uh, working in, um, in a European country and uh, they had a great ministry, but it wasn't from um, the people group that they were supposed to be working with. <laughs> and uh, they said that they got some flack from their organization and they're like, you know, guys, I can't believe this. Like, we're we're ministering to so many people, but they don't fit the profile of what they yeah. want. And so I just thought that was so... Um, That's been our similar experience. I would, when I was teaching at the university, I was trying to target a particular religious group or people group. And then the Lord would inevitably have people from a totally different background um, seeking a friendship with me, asking me lots of questions. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, what is this strategy I have? And sometimes we do that. And also, once again, this comes back to when an organization says, this is why you're there. Yeah. I think y'all have been able to feel freer to, um, like you said, follow the Holy Spirit, um, treat everybody as creating the image of God, and and to trust that maybe um, God's going to use us in people who are there studying from another country. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... That's a reality today that many people aren't aware of. I'm I'm trying to help churches always develop a missions program and strategy, and I always tell them people are moving all over the world now. They're studying, they're doing business, they're immigrating, they're yeah. refugees, they're immigrants. So whenever you go, we're going to X country or X city, the chances are very slim that you're gonna that if you're really open to the Holy Spirit, you're just gonna be working with people that you would say traditionally are from that country right have y'all found i mean you're you're in a global city Mm -hmm. yeah well i think about even you know with paul like he was uh i forgot where it was like he was traveling somewhere and then he saw the vision of the macedonian man and he was like come and share with us and so that like directed paul so i think right he was in one country and now go over to this land that's right and that's what people ask us all the time like what's your plan are you gonna stay there like for a long term and uh, we always say, like, you know, this year was good. Like, we're going to do another year. Like, yep. we never say never. We never yep. say that we're always going to live here or always going to live there. We just yeah. take it as it comes, you know. And I think maybe it's something you and Vicky said, too. Like, it's also about who's who seems open to you or receptive to you. And I'm not talking about um, not being persistent with people or being faithful, but um, also just not trying to bend over backwards to like force it if hang out with people yep. if they're not like yep. open that's what we found like we thought that we would hang out with mostly coworkers, but 
it turned out that we became close to like a friend of a friend um mm -hmm. yeah who was also kind of seeking and so but then sometimes we'll hang out with the coworkers too so it's like you know just and it's so funny today people would introduce you they're serving in this country in central asia and then they'll immediately assume oh you're working with that people group yeah because that's how our maps work that's how wikipedia works but you're there and you realize um there's so many people from around the world there and it's best not to set that strategy let the lord do it i worked for a summer i remember in london and i was supposed to be targeting a particular ethnic group from a particular part of the world and i was terrible at it mm -hmm. I, I i kept coming home and saying i had these great conversations like you said great ministry with people and i said but it wasn't with any of the people i was supposed to but it was people i met uh, yeah. and and built a relationship with um, okay, well, what about another thing I wanted to ask about is when you get out from our small communities, I say sometimes in America, you can, you can sort of cocoon in your church, in your particular denomination, in your, I guess, tribe, okay? And now you've gone out to this global city, and as you know, the whole world's there, and you could go tribal again and find your little group. What have you found in just, um, I guess, the global church. I mean, just I'm just curious about that because we, we found that we couldn't just go down with our little slice of life. How have you been blessed by that? How have you enjoyed that? I think uh, if we go back to our first year in country, we had some friends who were kind of from our, quote, tribe, like mm -hmm. from the same kind of church we came from, uh, but they'd been there in the country for so many years and um, just the way they did things was good. They told us like, you know, this church is different than the churches we came from, but it doesn't mean it's bad. It's not um, unbiblical. And so try to embrace it. And that was a really good uh, precedent, I guess, to have. Yeah. And I think uh, just being in a global city and a global, global church has kind of enriched uh, my life and my thinking about the church. Yeah. And so when I come back, you know, home to our home country and I see like some of the fellowships we came from, like I miss, you know, the diversity and things, mm -hmm. but I also appreciate things about the churches I grew up in. And I try to bring that global enrichment back with me. And I yeah. think people here are open to it. So, and I you realize you, you feel sometimes they're missing out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they don't know they're missing out. Sometimes. But some people think when we're talking about this, that we're somehow compromising our, you know, basic evangelical, biblical faith and we're not hmm. we're yeah. you know it just means a lot of it could be church culture and some of it could be the peripheral right second tier things that we just have to put up with when you're in an international church mm -hmm. i think that's the best definition of an international church is hey we all love christ and and, and the basics of our faith evangelical faith but we're gonna have to work together here so you're gonna have to leave some things at the door yeah mm -hmm. y'all felt that yeah yeah, and I think one of the good ways to kind of balance that, like we've embraced the church, it's our church now, uh, but we've also been uh, blessed with like leadership opportunities. So like we can lead, you know, a Bible study or we can lead worship and our, I guess, style per se is welcomed. We're not the only ones. There's other Bible studies, other mm -hmm. uh, worship leaders, but it's nice that, I mean, at least we can have kind of a say in things a little bit, but still embrace the community. Right. Yeah. I've been encouraged so much. Um, when you 
introduce friends to us either on your phone, usually, um, or unless we're over visiting you. And it's it's neat that they're friends. You say these are these are good friends of ours, yeah. and you don't distinguish where they stand in the scale of faith, or you know they're interested, or they're an atheist, or mm-hmm. they're a Christian, or whatever. And you know there are people that think, well, then what do you you know you know what's your ministry? And I I think that is something that we've set ourselves up for both pressure. Um, as well as using people or making them projects is or creating awkward relationships is when we've we feel this need to always define where it is when I think y'all have embraced this idea that they're all on a journey. Yeah. Everybody is mm-hmm. on a spiritual journey. And I guess we could ask, hey, is that person, you know, in our Christian family? And uh-huh. you're like, well, they're uh we we don't know. Yeah. And I guess I don't know. Like you said, it's mentors you've had. It's a lot of these factors have helped you mm-hmm. and people have mentored you and helped you not size people up that way. Right. And yeah. once again, there's not that need for results. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you have this friend. Where do they fall on the scale? What have you done? <laughs> have they got a Bible yet? Um, that's obviously something you don't have to feel pressure about. Right. But you've also believe in what you're doing. You're not, you're not just doing this because... No one's asking. That's really helpful. And that's been such an encouragement to us. Um, Because I think when you don't learn that, you will feel alone. You will struggle more because you'll constantly be looking at results. You know, you'll constantly look back and go, what have we done? Where where are our converts? Where are our, you know, and people come over, hey, take us picture, you know, take us. Take pictures of your convert. You're like, no, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. These are our friends, yeah. as y'all would say. And <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's so encouraging. Yeah. That's what we love to hear about what y'all are doing. Um, so we call this authenticity because it's genuine, integrated faith. And then just the way y'all describe your community. And it's been really amazing. What we've learned is that y'all's community, you meet someone in the country you're living and then they move to another country and then sometimes you go visit them there (laughs) or they're traveling back here in the States. Then you visit them there and they introduce you to another friend. And it's just maybe cell phones has helped do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's also a real healthy view of, of work as opposed to, you know, the traditional way here's, here's our two friends. They're serving in X country and we'll put a map of that country. Yeah. And or they'll even define it by the people group, and you're there. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like y'all are cool with like, well, we may move from there to another country. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes, you know. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were called there. Tell me, how does that deal with your calling? How does that help you think that through? Yeah, well, sometimes I feel like uh, one quote I heard from a really good well, mentor of ours was, uh, like, God doesn't want us to be confused about what we're doing. So I just think about today, like, you know, I know God's given me this job in this place. I want to do it as best as I can, but I also want to be open to change. Like if I feel like, you know, I need to be in some other place or Mm. the door closes, another door opens, like I'm not going to be, you know, opposed to that. Because you're going to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think also, um, I don't remember the scripture reference, but it was something like, um, you know, God 
causes different things to happen so that no man may say he knows the future. Like, only God knows the future. So we shouldn't put this pressure on ourselves to say, I'm going to live here until I'm this age or whatever. Right. And y'all have figured out your calling is to be who you are in your faith, with your relationships, in a community, mm-hmm. doing your work, doing your job as teachers, and you could do that anywhere. Right. Mm. I think that's another one of the fallacies in missions is that it's to a geogra- geographical location. Mm-hmm. Some people have said, you know, your zip code determines, you know, your commitment to the Lord, mm. and that's not true. And in this day and age of migration, you know, when people are like, what would you do if you lost your jobs, you uh-huh. know, and you'd be like, well, we would take our jobs and find our jobs another place. What does that mean you're not called to, no, we're called to wherever that venue is. Mm-hmm. And that relaxes life a bit, yeah. doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. The, you know, when you're like, what will happen if you don't, if you leave that country where you lose your identity? No, wherever I go, maybe the food won't be as good, but, yeah, right. um, and, and we'll have those relationships, but I will continue to do my work. And so, I just love it. I think that's such a healthy view of life. And that's kind of, (laughs) you guys are fun because you're kind of what we want people to go out with, (laughs) either with an organization or not. But we want them to go out having done what they're doing, feel healthy about being there, not pressure about, you know, we're committed to three years. Like, we did what you guys did. We said every year we evaluated, are we thriving? Is this working? Uh Um. And then if it's not, you know, let's rethink things. Right. What happens if you leave? Well, it'll be a change of venue, but we'll keep doing what we're doing. Right, yeah. What a healthy way of life. Yeah, so that's why we appreciate you guys uh, refreshing to see someone kind of on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always great to check in with you guys because you help us reevaluate, you know, if we're thriving. or. Well, we were visiting your city, visiting other friends, and we meet you guys, and then we're sitting there hearing about your story and we're like, well, that's what we did. And we just spent the whole evening talking about our story. And we're like, wow, this is encouraging to us. Like, no, you're encouraging to us. And yet we did feel that we need each other. Mm -hmm. And I think there's more people that, that we need to be open to this. I tell people in my book, I'm not opposed to an organization. We know that's an added layer that some people need to work within and it's a structure. But even if you work with an organization, I still think the principles we're talking about are the healthiest way to enter and serve and minister. Um, Because I know that people that we're helping people now return from places overseas. And one of the biggest problems is now, what am I? I'm like a fireman without a fire. And we're like, no, if you're, if your ministry is putting out fires, you can do it anywhere. Right. Right, Um, You should be able to, but I think sometimes we set ourselves up for stresses and struggles by the, by the way we think. So, Mm Thanks for giving us your your perspective and what you're doing. You're a lot of fun. And thanks for being on our podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. We'll see you. Bye. Thanks for listening today. Feel free to email us with your questions to david at esionline.org. It's always encouraging to hear from our listeners how God is using this podcast. Our ministry is called Equipping Servants International which exists to equip churches, organization, and individuals to reach the nations both at home and abroad. Our desire is to see people better equipped when they leave, be able to thrive and be effective on the field, and transition back home well. Our book is called Mission Smart, 
15 critical questions to ask before launching overseas. And it's available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published.